Broadcasting from the Superbook Sports Studios, KTUS AM 1060, Tempe, Phoenix, and KSLX HD2, Scottsdale, Phoenix. It's time to hit the field with Extra Point, featuring Kayla Mortolaro and Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060. Tweet the show at KDUS AM 1060 or give us a call at 602-260-1060. The snap is back. The hold is down. You can't miss with this combination. And the Extra Point is good. Hour number two of Extra Point here on KDUS AM 1060. As always, online at KDUS1060.com and with the KDUS 1060 app powered by Superbook Sports. It is Wednesday. It is October 25th. Bob Kemp, Kayla Mortolaro here with you up until noon today as we typically do. Mondays, Wednesdays, Thursdays, and Fridays. It's officially sunk in now. The Arizona Diamondbacks are going to be competing for the World Series. Game number one gets started on Friday. Cattell Marte, he was awarded the NLCS MVP. Today's KDOS1060.com poll question here. Who should have been the NLCS MVP? Bob giving you the options of Kevin Ginkle, Marte, or Gabrielle Moreno. Marte out in front, 77% of the vote. Moreno sitting at 15% and Ginkle trailing at 8% of the vote. We will officially provide our answer today around 1130. Tossing this on over to Twitter at KDUS AM 1060 are the Suns a quote unquote super team. Before I continue on with that, Mark Stein, uh, NBA reporter here, is reporting that the NBA is investigating the Suns for potential impermissible early contact in the free agency period involving Drew Eubanks. A ruling is expected soon, according to Stein, and teams are typically docked a second-round pick if they are, in fact, found in violation. So that is something that we will continue yeah. to monitor involving the Suns. How stupid are you if you're you know, talking to Drew Eubanks too soon? I mean, give me a break. There's there's certainly something in the water here for, for some tampering things. Uh, the, you know, the Cardinals had to dock themselves a draft pick there for Jonathan Gannon. Now here the Suns being investigated for it with Drew Eubanks. So hopefully they can get that out of the out of the way and and uh, not be in violation of things anymore. But when it comes to the question, are the Suns a super team? The masses are on the no side of things at 80% of the vote. Yes, trailing at 20%. This is on Twitter at KDOS AM 1060. Let me add one other quick thing. I'm guessing, uh, maybe I shouldn't speak out of turn here. Maybe I'm speaking out of turn. I'm guessing there would be some kind of, you know, draft pick penalty if, they find out that they were tampering. What I don't know what else I could do. Yeah, Mark Stein reporting here that uh, typically in these situations, the NBA will dock you a second round pick if you're found in violation. Okay. So. Ooh, slapping my wrist here. You can hear that? Okay, that's you know, that's, I don't teach you. You never do that again. Well, I don't know when they have a second round pick next. I don't know when that's they a have good point. a draft pick next. <laughs> That that's also a good point that I had not considered. But uh, you know, the NBA, if that's been the penalty in the past, there's been like no penalty because you know most unless it's Manu Ginobili. I know there's other examples, but uh, there's not too many second round picks that have ever made a difference. 
So we will officially answer that Twitter poll question, though, around 1130. Still plenty of time for you to cast your vote over on Twitter at KDOS AM 1060. If you'd like to chime in, uh, the Arizona Diamondbacks making it to the World Series, NFL, Arizona Cardinals, Phoenix Suns, NBA, college football, you name it, 602-260-1060 is the number. We'll take your calls around 1115 today. The Arizona Cardinals, they are prepping for the Ravens to come to town this Sunday. The coordinators met the media yesterday. Some takeaways here from offensive coordinator Drew Petting. We discussed this on Monday in return after the Cardinals lost to the Seahawks and just trying to grapple and understand the running back rotation and the running back situation. So James Conner goes out uh, a couple of games ago. Amari DiMercato fills in for him and has success in that game filling in for Conner. Then you kind of think that he's going to be in that number one slot and he gets no no touches or whatever. Everything is pretty much uh, Keontae Ingram as well as Williams. Well, then you flip things to Seattle. Keontae Ingram gets no snaps, and the guy in the saddle is Amari DiMercato. So the question here to offensive coordinator Drew Petzing is, why did Keontae Ingram have no snaps? And Petzing's answer, very fluid situation. I thought he was playing at a high level, had some explosive runs, showed some dynamic ability, so we kind of rode the hot hand. But it's very much a week-to-week, matchup-based, scheme-based in terms of what we're going to do and how we're going to do it. So, very fluid. Fantasy owners are just shaking their heads at this point. That's something I talked about with John McKechnie from rotowire.com in the 9 o'clock hour during our fantasy football update. Yeah, a lot of uh, people in the fantasy world spent money on their with their free agent budgets to get uh, to get Demarcata after that first uh, week, and then they got burned the second week. And are they hesitant to get burned again? Aside from fantasy football implications, prop bet implications, uh, this seems to be very much a theme with this coaching staff that it's. The answer is it's a matchup based thing. It's a scheme based theme. And if you aren't, uh, you know, kind of already a perennial player penciled in to be your number one guy, there is going to be rotation. We see it on the defensive end. Nick Rollis kind of answers a question similar to this later on. But this definitely seems to be a theme for this coaching staff. I'm curious if it's a theme moving forward when they get I guess their players in here kind of start to reassemble things under Monty Austin for it. If that continues to be such a rotational based process, or if it's just something that we're seeing in year one because of the situation. It better not continue to be a problem where they've done a terrible job adding players. Yeah. You know, the bottom line here is I think almost in all these cases that we've seen in the last couple of weeks or longer than that, they just don't have very many good players, and they have no idea what they're going to get from week to week. And if somebody does something, they leave them in there. You know, also the Cardinals yesterday. I know this is defense. Sorry about this. I'm jumping the gun here a little bit. But Kayvon Wallace, who's been a part-time starter this year at safety because of injuries, they just flat released him yesterday. And he's one of several defensive players that have started games this year that are no more than a special teams player in the NFL. Uh, Moving on to Drew Petzing here. We've seen this also numerous times from the coaching staff taking 
taking blame for certain situations here. He says, I got to call better plays. I got to find ways to make sure I'm putting the right guys in position to make plays, making sure it's clean for the quarterback, making sure we're attacking what the defense is giving us. So I think a lot of that falls on me. Certainly got to be better in a lot of areas. And in terms of execution, making the right decision, putting the ball where it needs to be placed, pass protection, being at the right depth. I think all of that plays into it, but I'm going to start with myself and that I'm doing everything I can to give these guys the chance to be better well good for him and i say this pretty much every week whether it's offense or defense uh, they just don't have very many good players and i actually thought that yeah they did the most best they could do last week and let's face it if geno smith weren't awful the cardinals would have lost this game by multiple scores and we have seen this trend as well uh you know being outscored you have the numbers outscored in the second half so what has led to second-half issues? Petzing says, I think it's a combination of things. I think the defense makes some adjustments and doing some things hard. Execution is a part of it, and I think a lot of it goes back to what we were talking about earlier. He's referencing what I just read. I just got to get better plays and better opportunities for our key players in critical situations to make sure those guys are touching the ball and they are affecting the game in the second half so that we do find a way to get some points. I think if you just look at the Cardinals, uh, their second-half issues this year, it's uh, to me the bottom line is you can only hide so many defensive and offensive weaknesses and you know, marginal players for so long, and eventually it catches up to you almost every week. The opponent, the Baltimore Ravens, they're coming into town. They're coming off of a big-time victory against the Lions in which they uh, were up you know, 28-0 at one point in the first half. They go down, they score three straight touchdowns, force three straight three-and-outs by the Lions here. So what are Drew Petzing seeing from the Ravens? And he says, I think certainly the last game you take a little bit more than maybe previous games from a scheme standpoint, but they've been good all year and really for multiple years you know playing them twice a year being in that division really well run organization really well coached team and a great defense Mike does a great job since he's been there it's going to be tough we got our hands full and we got to make sure we are locked in this week in a major way yeah um, it's certainly a bad scheduling spot for the Ravens I mean they get that big win last week that was a much hype game and they won easily and now they're playing the Cardinals, who I'm guessing are not quite as hyped about. Uh, the betting market doesn't agree with me, though, because this game opens seven and a half, and there's eight and a halfs and even a couple of nines out there this morning. When it comes to more roster moves, Zach Ertz was put on IR with a quad injury. Uh, so the question to Drew Petzing is, is Trey McBride ready for a larger role? He says Trey is doing a nice job, and we've talked about that room as a whole, and Trey is a big part of that. Trey, Jeff, Elijah, trust those guys wholeheartedly to come in and not miss a beat and continue to play at a high level. Trey's play, his production, what he's done, what he brings to the offense, I think he's shown up in a major way, and I expect that to to continue you know we've talked about Trey yeah. getting more and more snap opportunities and I think he was probably in about a 50-50 split uh in that Seattle game with Ertz I didn't look for that but I know that he ran more routes the last two games than Ertz did so I think that's the the most notable thing there uh so there's that and I think a question is out there unfortunately now for the Cardinals there's I think 
pretty close to zero chance of trading Ertz before the trade uh, trade deadline, which is next Tuesday. And now I wonder, depending on how long he's going to be out, whether he's played his last game with the Cardinals because there's no reason. I know he's under contract for one more year, but it's not a massive cap hit to my to my knowledge, at least. I don't understand the salary cap ramifications sometimes. But from what I can tell, it's not that big a deal as far as if he's not back here next year. And uh, I don't think that was actually maybe the only reason they might have been able to trade him because I wonder how many teams that are, quote, contenders are looking for a tight end, A, and B, a 32-year-old tight end who's had injury issues in two straight seasons. Uh, The team signed tight end Blake Whitehart from the practice squad to the active roster in a subsequent move from Ertz being placed on IR. Uh, One more that caught my attention from offensive coordinator Drew Petzing. We know Kyler has been activated off of the pup list. His 21-day window open. Uh, We're about seven days into that now. So the question here is how will Kyler's experience help the offense? And Drew Petzing says, I think certainly his experience at the position, his ability to do it at a high level, it changes the dynamics. He's an elite quarterback. It takes all 11 to be good on offense, and he's certainly a big part of that and a great player. But all 10 other guys got to continue to do their job at a high level. And if they're not, Kyler can't fix all of that. And I think that's going to be really important to keep in mind for these guys, too. Hey, he's back out there. That doesn't change the nature of your job or what you're trying to get better at as we move forward something we talked about on monday and for somehow you know, somehow people miss this over the weekend uh murray according to the uh, television network insiders whether it be on fox espn or nfl network uh they all reported in same shape or form that murray's expected to make his 2023 debut on november the 12th against atlanta jonathan gannon on monday would only say that murray is day-to-day Takeaways from defensive coordinator Nick Rollis. So what we were just discussing with the running backs also can be said for the defensive backs. So the question to Nick Rollis, what went into starting Starling Thomas and Keytrell Clark not getting any snaps? Rollis says every week we talk about it. It what's best for what we need to do to win that game. And that was a decision we made as a group on what we felt was going to be best into Seattle that week. Starling practiced good. Keytrell has played good as well. And we wanted to get star rolling and get some reps out on the field. And I thought he did a good job. Unfortunately, you know, he was the you know, basically the highlight of uh, the low light for him getting run over by Kenneth Walker on that one play, which has been on every, you know, they, I, I don't remember the segment, what they call it on uh, the uh, Good Morning Football Show uh, with Kyle Brandt uh, coming up with the you know, plays from the week before and so forth. That was like the first play they showed earlier this week. I alluded to it. It's here, you know, kind of what to make of exchanging players week in and week out. And the question here is, do you worry that not playing a player decreases their confidence? Nick Rollis says here, no, I think it's important that when you're uh, you're assigning the roles for the week, you are very clear as to why. There's never anything with a player with uncertainty on what they need to continue to improve on. I think clear communication is critical for that, and you know the players know we got their back, and we're doing week to week what we think is best. I think the players do a great job of embracing that and being the best in their role. 
I just don't understand why Clark's not getting reps. I mean, they got to find out this year whether this guy can play or not moving forward. Finally here, it is Lamar Jackson. It is the Baltimore Ravens offense coming into town. So how do you stop Lamar? What does Nick Rollis see from Lamar Jackson? He says he's a dynamic player and he can beat you in so many different ways. You got to be very sound with your roles. You have to have a good plan. You have to have a plan that the players can go out and execute at a high level. And he presents challenges that not a lot of people in this league can present with the arm talent to his legs. And I think the cool thing about Lamar is he can beat you in the pocket with his arm outside the pocket. He can beat you outside the pocket with his legs. He can beat you with the run game. His presence in the run game can allow other people to have great days in the run game. That's a lot right there that one player brings to the table. Yeah, I'll just add one other thing about the defense. You know, Kaiser White, uh, you know, I don't think we've talked about him enough. At least I haven't. Um, according to uh, – he's done a lot of good things. Uh, according to Fox – uh, he's played every snap on the defense for the Cardinals this season, even though apparently one of the websites that has these snap counts don't indicate that he's played every snap for the Cardinals this season on defense, but whatever. He's done a really good job so far this year, White, and uh, yeah, he will be a big part of this game on Sunday um, because of not necessarily just uh, Jackson's running game, but you know the Ravens, uh, the Cardinals' running game has been awful the last three games in a row now. Uh, and I'm not sure that's going to get any better. I think that kind of coincides with the fact that they've had some defensive fronts, uh, uh, players on the defensive front that are now out, and a couple of those guys aren't coming back at all this year. You know, in fact, you know, Walker was the only player in, Kyle, in the uh, only player in, in the NFL, I should say, last week. Kenneth Walker for Seattle that had more than 90 yards rushing in the entire league last week. Wow. Uh, and some of those were, as you mentioned, some punishing hits that he was delivering. Correct. 23 carries for whatever he ended up with. I think it was with, 105. But, uh, okay, that sounds right. I knew it was over 100, but he's the only guy in the entire league that had more than 90 yards rushing last week. 602-260-1060 is the number. If you'd like to chime in, uh, provide your thoughts on the Diamondbacks going into Philadelphia, winning games six and seven to punch their ticket to the World Series. If you'd like to discuss the World Series matchup now with the Rangers and the Diamondbacks, the Arizona Cardinals, we'll go around the NFL as well next. But your phone call, 602-260-1060, if you'd like to chime in. It is the Extra Point right here on KDUS AM 1060. HD Radio is here for KDUS AM 1060. Check out your favorite shows and games on 100.7 KSLX HD2. Eleven twenty-six, right here on this Wednesday, October 25th edition of The Extra Point. Bob Kemp, Kayla Mortolaro here with you. We'll get into some NFL topics momentarily, but first, as promised, phone call time to the KDOS hotline, 602-260-1060. And it's Steve in Phoenix. Steve, how are you today? Hey, you too. Is it right? Did I, did I get through? <laughs> am, I, am I actually talking to you? Yeah, you're actually talking oh, to okay. both of us. Yeah. All right. Uh, anyway, uh, I have a potpourri of observations, just... Uh, nothing serious, but 
I think Jokic, by the way, was a second-round pick, so that would have been a good guy to have in the second round. That's uh, true. As soon as I said that, I knew I you know, left out somebody obvious of recent years. So there you go. Uh, yeah, I That's think a good he, example. He's off to a pretty good start to a career. That's what I hear. I hear uh, anyway. they even won a game. They won the revenge game last night. The Lakers did not win the revenge game of the century. <laughs> That's ridiculous. Yeah, you wonder uh, with the load management, now it's going to be minutes management. Um, and the NBA regular season is just an extended exhibition season, uh, preseason, whatever. It's 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 a, it's sort of a shame because it was one of the more entertaining leagues through the yep. years. But you know the regular used, season used to be what? used to be. Used to be. Yeah, um, um, one observation: I thought Texas, the Longhorns, were the best team in the in the beginning of the season. And uh, you know, I I still thought that even after they lost to Oklahoma, that was just kind of a, a perfect storm of events that occurred. And uh, now. Of course, the quarterback got hurt, and uh, as I look at it, their path to the CFP is pretty wide open. I think they'll own a tiebreaker if they were to come up against Alabama, and they really just need Washington to lose a game and then win the rest of their games, uh, and they're probably in. And So I'm looking at a 25-1, to and I couldn't resist. I had to pull the trigger on it. It was just... uh, yeah, I know the quarterback, it, you know, it's a so shoulder injury. He's only going to miss five minutes or so. But uh, if he's back at the end, and the Big 12 is not good. So uh, if he's back for yeah. the second the rematch with Oklahoma, I, I just think it's a good value play. So that was what uh, I had to I'm, offer. The other thing. Go ahead. Okay, well, well time, time out. I agree with that. The biggest concern I have about Texas is I'm confused why their defensive backs have gotten worse. Because they're an experienced group, and they've been burned by some, you know, not great quarterbacks on some, you know, that that game last Saturday. You know, they're lucky they didn't lose that game. And, they were uh, lucky they're, to they, win. Get, they were lucky to win it against a 12-string quarterback from Texas Tech. They I mean they was, you know, they gave up some massive plays. There's nobody there in the secondary to cover on the most basic of you know routes, and so I kind of wondered blown coverages. Yeah, what's I mean, going on there? Physical. What? And same thing happened against OU like three weeks before. That should not mm-hmm. be happening any week, let alone like multiple times. So that's that's. Uh, I'm starting to wonder about Texas, and that's why you know, even before the Ewers injury, that that disturbed me a little bit. Well, anyway, uh, that that's my value pick of the thing. The other thing, I, the other observation I have is there is an epidemic going on amongst coaches, college and pro, of not taking the points when they're there. Oh, when, God, yes. When they, what? Yes. I'm sorry? I, I totally agree with you. I've never seen anything like last Saturday and Sunday in both leagues, especially in college. But, I mean, even in the NFL, we saw some of that on Sunday. And, I mean, and you're going to – it's like it depends on the time of the game. You know, I mean, Parcells was a master at knowing – when to go for it and when not to. And, now, and you know, Andy Reid even kicks field goals now more than the, the other coaches. And it, it's just bizarre you, when there's plenty of time for you to come back down and kick another field goal and even another field goal. Uh, and, they're, and they're, oh, we got to go for it. In fact, my, my wife, when she comes into the house now, the first thing she says is, is it four-down territory? <laughs> that's, like the most, that's the way she greets me now. But, yeah, it, it is ridiculous. Um, and I, I don't know. 
I think maybe they, their analytics numbers, maybe they didn't program it quite right because it seems like that's the other thing. It's one thing if you're the Eagles and you always make it on fourth down. Most of these teams can't make a fourth down anyway. Uh, that's it, true. Was it um, ASU? That uh, yeah, yep. ASU last week. Pick six. Right, fourth and three, and they got pick six, and that's the only touchdown they allowed the whole game. Yeah, I, it just it, it, it just frustrates the heck out of me. So anyway, are you feeling good? By the way, are you uh, health wise? Oh yeah. Good? As far as yeah. I know, today's good. <laughs> today's good. <laughs> okay, that's yes. all you can do is one day at a time, right? That's so exactly anyway, right. And, and the baseball's been fun. Uh, yeah, know, some, well, some surprising results. I, I am I am impressed with uh, the way the eighth and ninth inning guys for the Diamondbacks have uh, have come through. And I I mean you know you, you talk about I obviously I guess you don't think Marte should have been the MVP. I I think I think he had to be. No, he had, the, he had a. He had a I, good, I, uh, I haven't I haven't answered that question yet, but I just didn't think it was you know him and nobody else should be considered. No, I I just think that he he did have the best series. But I would have the guy I would have considered, uh, and I know he only pitched eight innings. Was the the rookie fought? I mean, he ca- he did not yeah. let the games get away that they had to win, and that's yeah. that's the way the modern baseball is. That's the job of the starting pitcher. Don't blow the game for your team. And and he, he got the big, and, and, got the biggest got the biggest out in game seven when he got you know basically. Well, and then pitching around and not getting burned by that, I just would have put him on base. I mean, at that point, but I guess because you can't no open base, you're not allowed to do that. I guess it, it was you know it was an open it was an open base, but it wasn't it wasn't first base. But whatever. Yeah. Uh, but you know yeah. th- those two bad that that sequence of those two hitters, you know, you know, were I thought the key to the game last night. And and they got to get that lefty out of there because he, I mean, yeah, he just the walks. In crucial, the walk that uh, that brought Schwarber up to the to the bat uh, to the plate Ooh, with his tying run yeah. guaranteed that Harper would bat in the inning. That was just that you okay. can't get the hit. Hits a home run. Okay, live with it, right? Well, they got to figure out. You know, they want Saul Frank pitching against Corey Seager in the World Series. Now, I guess that's the way that this would go. So yeah. I I don't know if I want a right-hander pitching against Corey Seager. Well, the Rangers are pretty hot and pretty deep. That's going to be a real problem because the lineup goes so deep. Um, True. I think even deeper than the Philly lineup. I think the Philly lineup can be pitched to once you get past the the first few guys. But the Rangers, especially, there's, there's no especially way to get those if guys out. especially with especially if Castellanos is you know 0 for 20. Yeah. All right. Well, have a good one. Nice talking to you. 602-260-1060 is the number, as always, if you'd like to chime in. We'll get into the poll questions officially on the other side of the break. Let's talk a little bit about the NFL and some potpourri of items. Deshaun Watson, he has a strain of the subcapularius within the rotator cuff. Uh, he has pain and weakness, and so P.J. Walker is set to get the start here for the Browns. Yeah, I'm going to make this real quick. I just saw Judy Batista talking about this very topic on NFL uh, Network and their insider show, and she raised a really good point. They were concerned. It was pretty obvious in that game on Sunday that he didn't have – I don't know if they have a jugs gun for football, but the velocity was not good. You kind of wondered, why is he out there? 
And now they're going to do the right thing and arrest him, but they should have been doing this last week. Uh, and you also just have to wonder, though, because he was held out and you thought that uh, he was going to be back after the buy. So this is definitely something that is persistent here. So you're just kind of wondering uh, if rest is going to be enough. Well, they got to try. I mean, I agree with you that, that, you know, that's not guaranteed, certainly, that that's going to you know, solve the the issue. But uh, they've got to figure this out and uh yeah, they're playing Seattle this week. That's an interesting game because you know, I don't think Seattle's playing particularly well, even though they won four out of five. And Geno's done everything humanly possible to lose games the last two weeks. He did lose one game. Uh, he lost the game, in my opinion, uh, with some horrendous red zone decisions uh, at, uh, at Cincinnati. And then they're lucky that he didn't lose the game against the Cardinals last week because he was, once again, terrible in the red zone. Uh, then you also have here uh, a couple of different things regarding the Tennessee Titans. The Titans traded their safety, Kevin Byard, to the Eagles. In addition, He's a really good player, by the way. Really good player. Right. So the Eagles get richer here. You kind of have to wonder what's going on with Tennessee. Tennessee uh, will be without their quarterback, Ryan Tannehill, who's out with an ankle injury. So the Titans are planning to start quarterback Will Levis. Well, and just looking ahead to next Tuesday, the trade deadline, there's the Derrick Henry thing out there. You have rumors that he might be traded. I'm not positive how many teams would be that interested in him. There's also the DeAndre Hopkins thing out there. At least there's rumors of that. Uh, but at least one of the network insiders shot that down yesterday. But there's still plenty of things that can happen between now and Halloween when the trade deadline is, uh, uh, falls into place. And uh, a couple of other items here. Frank Clark is signing back with the Seattle Seahawks. Yeah, I'm actually surprised he ended up in Kansas City. Um, went back to Kansas City, but this is good for Seattle. You know, their defense is, I think, tremendously improved. I just spent a couple of seconds talking about Geno, but the reason they're winning games so far this year is much more because of their defense. Uh, which they restructured at the end of last year. Remember, they were amongst the worst teams. In, they might have been the worst team in the league against the run last year, pretty close. Uh, and uh, they've been really good against that so far this year. Then they've uh, generated the pass rush, not just the 11 sacks that they had against the Giants that Monday night game or Thursday night game, whatever the hell night game that was, primetime game. Uh, but you know, their defense is good, and Frank Clark, is uh, that's the team that drafted him all those years ago, where even after he had all the problems off the field at the University of Michigan when he sunk in the draft, and a lot of teams just kind of took him off the draft board entirely, but the Seahawks drafted him, and he's back in Seattle. And uh, the Rams, they cut their kicker, Brett Maher. Uh, they're bringing in Mason Crosby among uh, several other kickers today for a tryout. Crosby had a 16-year career with Green Bay. Yeah, I thought he just had retired. I wonder if the Packers thought that he had kind of had to retired. Uh, so we'll see what's up with that. Uh, also, the Rams, uh, you know, they just completely, you know, fell apart in the second half. I think that in Matthew Stafford made uh, some of the worst throws that he's made, maybe the worst throws that he's made all year in the second half of the game against Pittsburgh last week. They got outscored 14 nothing to end the game. And uh, a lot of that uh, second-half meltdown had to do with their quarterback, who's had a good season but did not have a good second half. Yeah, that interception that he threw to T.J. Watt, uh, that wasn't uh... – that wasn't his best effort right there. And then in addition well, to that. 
He missed Cooper Cup for a couple of huge plays, easy pitch and catch plays. I that was even worse than the interception of Watt. Uh, it's poll question time on the other side of the break. We'll dive into it here in the extra point. Need social information about KDUS AM 1060? Try KDUS1060.com at KDUS AM 1060 on Twitter and Facebook.com slash KDUS AM 1060. Eleven forty-two here on KDUS AM ten sixty on this Wednesday, October twenty-fifth. Bob Kemp, Kayla Mortolaro, with you here up until noon today, as we typically do Mondays, Wednesdays, Thursdays, and Fridays. It is now time to get into the poll questions. We start with the Arizona Diamondbacks, who have punched their ticket to the World Series. The NLCS MVP was awarded to Cattell Marte. The question, though, is who should have been the NLCS MVP? Kevin Ginkle, Cattell Marte, or Gabriel Moreno are the options. Yeah, let's start this by, you know, I don't think there's any question. I don't think it's an arguable discussion that Marte has been their most valuable player for the postseason. Uh, he certainly delivered several key hits and uh, made some good defensive plays, as long as he didn't have to throw the ball, which is somewhat of an issue. Uh, but you know, certainly uh, in this series against the, the Phillies, he did those things. Uh, you know, as far as uh, you, know, you, know, you can make a case for Moreno, I think he had uh, the most key hits of anybody in this uh, series against the Philadelphia Phillies. But I'm going to go with Genkel here. And I, I get the argument for the other two guys, no problem. I think that's why I think it's a good question. Uh, the NFL, excuse me, MLP Network yesterday seemed to indicate that there was, this was like a no-brainer, that it should, should have been Marte. But Genkel just got, I think he got more key outs than anybody on either staff. Uh, at least relief pitchers in this particular series. And then, you know, he pitched multiple innings last night. That's only the second time he's actually done that in the postseason. He did a whole bunch of times in the regular season, but only second time in the postseason. And uh, throwing all that together, I think that uh, for me in this series, I thought that Ginkle was the guy that was the most valuable Diamondback. So when you look at Kevin Ginkle, obviously, if you just look at game seven there, coming in in the seventh and getting out of that jam was absolutely huge. Then continuing on into the eighth, he had three straight strikeouts, which then prevented uh, or set up the opportunity, I should say, set up the opportunity for uh, Schwarber. Harper, Turner to never see an at-bat again. Uh, So he set up those particular opportunities to take place. So those major high-leverage situations, he was incredible in Game 7 in that moment there. Uh, In all, in this series, he pitched four games, four and two-thirds innings pitched, allowed just two hits, no runs, five strikeouts. Kevin Ginkle finding himself and an awesome role there in the eighth and then obviously being used in the seventh as well to get out of that situation in game seven as for Cattell Marte it's 16 straight hits for him to start his postseason career he too had some timely hits three RBIs and 12 hits uh he certainly was their most consistent and uh you know overall player at the plate in this series and Gabriel Moreno he was also great behind the plate did have some base running things that you could uh, uh, scratch your head about but eight hits three RBIs three three walks and obviously he brought in Carroll uh, in that game seven so a 
to your point, some of those important timely hits that he also had. All in all, these three guys were incredibly impressive in this series, and all three guys needed to have their impact in the series for the Diamondbacks to win. All three guys contributed to playing uh, what we have come to know as, as Diamondbacks team baseball. Uh, so each person you know, held up their end of the deal, but with all of it saying here, I would, I would also have voted for Cattell Marte. Yeah, just to clarify, he has to have 16 consecutive hits. He's hit, he's got at least one hit in 16 consecutive postseason games. It, yes, that is what I meant. Uh, the masses, Cattell Marte, 80% of the vote. Uh, Gabriel Moreno sitting at 13% and Kevin Ginkle at 7% of the vote. KDOS1060.com. Over on Twitter, at KDOSAM1060, are the Suns a super team? Yes or no? Um... Well, I, I guess we have to define what a super team is, but when you have Booker, Kevin Durant, Bradley Beal on your roster, those are some pretty high-profile players that certainly seemingly make it a definition to be a super team. It is just one game into the season. Devin Booker played great in game one. We didn't see Bradley Beal. Uh, Kevin Durant had some inconsistencies here, but once again, Devin, get Devin Booker uh, scoring or assisting on the team's final 15 points of that contest there. I, I also think, too, that when you look at how this is now constructed, the theory behind it is if that one guy is off, having an off night, that there's going to be other guys able to step up and carry the load, that you're not just relying on one or two superstars to really be able to handle that load. In addition to that, if a defense is impacting someone more so trying to take somebody's offensive game away, the other two players can open some things up and get looks and opportunities, and then the role guys sprinkle in from there. Uh, so I think, yes, they are a super team. This question was inspired by uh, listening. You know, I watched Sports Center yesterday, and I watched a little on the TNT pregame yesterday, uh, the pre-pregame before their first game, and the, the the term "super team" came up in both telecasts. Uh, the fact that you know, first, you know, Beal is down. Beal's now he didn't play last night. He's now missed over a hundred games in uh, the last two plus seasons. Uh, we obviously, you know, Durant has now been injured, unfortunately, not now, but previously has been injured at some point in four of the last five seasons. And the fact that Booker at the end of the postseason, when the, when the uh, Suns have been eliminated, has no gas left in the tank at the end of the postseason. And when they've lost games, he's had some dreadful final game of the season performances. So great that they looked, uh, they won last night and so forth. But uh, for me to take uh, the Suns as uh, a super team, you know, get back to me when April starts or when the playoffs start, and hopefully these guys are all healthy. Then they got a chance, and they still have to figure out how to guard somebody. The masses are on the no side of things at 80% of the vote. Yes, sitting at 20%. This is on Twitter at KDUS AM 1060. Uh, the Suns season does continue. Thursday, they are taking on the Lakers uh, in L.A. That'll also be on TNT at 7 o'clock. All right, more hype. <laughs> super team versus super team, I'm guessing. So, you know, but they're doing what they're supposed to be doing as far as the hype goes. So that's what the networks, I guess, are supposed to do. 
Uh, but uh, you know, I think I've made it pretty clear over the last few years that uh, the regular season to me is just a waste of time and a financial ripoff for the consumers that are offering their hard-earned cash to watch this and pay for it. We wrap up this edition of Extra Point on the other side of the break. Bob Kemp, Kayla Mortolaro with you. One more to go. Tune in weekdays to the Sports Zone with Bob Kemp from 9 to 10 a.m. on KDUS AM 1060, KDUS1060.com, and with the KDUS 1060 app. Tommy Mello here, owner at A1 Garage Doors. When I was growing up, my mom had to work three jobs to save our house. I love my mom. She's the most important person in the world to me. When she moved into her new house recently, I looked at the parts that the builder put on her garage. Parts that were designed to break, and the first thing I thought was to replace the springs, rollers, and hinges, and I also added decorative hardware to make the house look beautiful. Did you know the garage makes up 40% of your home's curb appeal? I wanted my mom's garage to not only look good, but it had to work right too. When I started A1 Garage, I thought about my mom and I thought, I'm gonna treat everyone just like my mother. Call today for our $129.99 tune-up special to keep all those nasty bugs and winter out of your garage. And remember, the garage door is the smile of your home. So don't wait. Call A1 Garage Door Service and you'll be smiling today. If you're looking for the best barbecue in town, then look no further than Eric's Family Barbecue in Avondale. Their mouth-watering pork ribs are sure to make your taste buds sing, and the slow-smoked pork ribs are cooked over mesquite wood for hours, giving them a robust flavor that can't be beat. Eric's Family Barbecue offers an array of other delicious barbecue options, from pulled pork to burgers, and of course, brisket is king at Eric's Family Barbecue. And don't forget their homemade mac and cheese, elote, and potato salad. It's the perfect accompaniment to your meal. Visit Eric's Family Barbecue today, the best barbecue in Arizona. Meet Mesquite Repeat. We're the Hillsburg Wedding Band, and this is for the lovers out there. Ooh, gonna propose riding on a horse, wearing a tuxedo, shirtless, of course. That Hillsburg diamond will dazzle her eye, and she'll say yes. Well, then she'll cry. Now put your shirt back on, guys. For over 100 years, Hillsburg has been customizing engagement rings of the highest quality. Plus, with Hillsburg's transparent pricing, you know you're getting the best price. Find her ring at a Hillsburg store near you or at Hillsburg.com. Finding care that understands your needs can feel complicated. But with tools like online appointment scheduling and virtual doctor visits, Banner Health works to make every step as seamless as it can be. Find out more at BannerHealth.com. Banner Health. Exhale. Klein tools are new at Lowe's. Right now, get the new Klein three-piece Modbox mobile workstation exclusively at Lowe's for just $319.94. Because Lowe's knows tools. Lowe's knows pros. I'm Aaron Decker with This Day in Sports here on KDUS AM 1060. On this day in 2003, the Florida Marlins defeated the New York Yankees 2-0 in Game 6 of the World Series. Led by pitcher Josh Beckett, the Marlins defeated the Yankees and landed the Marlins their second title in team history. It's the most recent World Series where the winning team was outscored by the losing team. The Yankees outscored the Marlins 21-17, but still came up short. That's been this edition of This Day in Sports on KDUS AM 1060. Brought to you by Superbook Sports. 
Gambling problem? Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. Must be 21 or older to bet. I'm Aaron Decker. Now back to K2S Programming. downloaded the KDUS AM 1060 skill for Alexa yet? Food. Alexa is frustrated. No matter how many times do you ask, the answer is mail, chicken. Once you're ready, say Alexa, open KDUS AM 1060 to listen to your favorite shows. This Wednesday, October 25th edition of Extra Point here on KDOS AM 1060. As always, online at KDOS1060.com and with the KDOS 1060 app powered by Superbook Sports. Bob, it is thank you time. As always, we thank you for listening. Special thanks to the callers, emailers, tweeters, texters, whomever and whatever else slipped through the cracks. Also, our guest today, our weekly fantasy football uh, update with John McKechnie from rotowire.com. Thursday at 9.15, we'll preview the Thursday night Bills and Buccaneers game with Matt Perino of Syracuse.com. Also, sound day courtesy of TBS, TNT, Fox, uh, ESPN, Tex 105.3, KBME, uh, those would be the flagship stations of the Rangers and the Astros and also KNBR in San Francisco. We played the Logan Webb highlight, and he's now the ace of Bob Melvin's staff, the official manager now of the San Francisco Giants. Special thanks, as always, to Kayla, uh, Corey, and Aaron. And Kayla's going to tell us what's coming up next. That's right. Up next from noon to 1 o'clock, it is Sports Map Radio Network, followed by the Doug Gottlieb Show from... 1 to 3, the Rich Eisen Show from 3 to 5, and the Sports Who with Dave Rooster-Beerstein from 5 to 6. Uh, this is really bizarre. There is no baseball tonight. Uh, the Woo-hoo, I need a break. <laughs> the, the World Series does, in fact, get started on Friday. The Rangers and the Diamondbacks in Texas. Friday, 5 p.m. on Fox, and it looks like the Diamondbacks have officially announced Zach Gallen will get the ball for game one. The Rangers have yet to announce their starting pitcher. True. Uh, and they got a few different ways they could go. So, uh, you know, Bruce Bochy, I believe, is officially supposed to have media availability tomorrow. So I assume uh, one of the first questions, if he doesn't announce it when he just steps to the podium or, you know, you know, God bless him, waddles his way to the podium and sits down. Uh, that'll be uh, something I would assume would get uh, announced one way or the other somewhat quickly. Uh, Giannis, he has signed his three-year, $186 million max extension with the Milwaukee Bucks. So he's uh, he's locked in there now after what was maybe an interesting offseason for him in Milwaukee. But I think helping uh, solidify him to stay there was bringing in Damian Lillard. Yeah, I would guess. I mean, I don't think anybody ever really thought he was going to leave, even though some people seem to make a big deal about it. But I wonder if those people actually really thought what they were saying or they just wanted to get some, you know, media, you know, blips on the 
on the uh, you know the Twitter radar or get their some people uh, get the attention of people on television networks. Uh, the Denver Nuggets, we alluded to it here in the other game to get the NBA season started yesterday, beat the Lakers 119 to 107. It was yet another triple double for Jokic. So when you look at the odds right now on the FanDuel Sportsbook app, the finals champions, the Celtics are the odds on favorite right now at plus 370, the Bucks at plus 410, the Nuggets at plus 550, the Suns at plus 550, the Lakers 13 to 1, and the Warriors. 14 to 1. And your favorite MVP odds, Bob. Jokic leading oh, yeah. the way at plus 430. Luka Doncic at plus 550. Giannis at plus 600. Jason Tatum at plus 750. Joel Embiid plus 850. And Devin Booker at 14 to 1. Okay. Uh, good luck to all. Uh, if you're going to bet on that, good, good. Yeah, good luck to you, and uh, I have no other response, quite frankly. <laughs> there are 12 games in the NBA today uh, to really get the NBA season started. So, uh, as I mentioned in the previous segment, though, the Suns and the Lakers are tomorrow for uh, game number two for the Phoenix Suns. And there will be no opposing baseball on the other side of it. That's true. And uh, how many games tonight in the NBA? Twelve. Uh, okay, I can guarantee you I'll not be watching one second of any of those games. <laughs> That'll do it for this edition of Extra Point right here on KDUS AM 1060. The Sports Zone with Bob Kemp gets things started tomorrow starting at 9 a.m. There will be a Buffalo Bills conversation, uh, not only of what's up with the Bills, but also they're part of Thursday Night Football. So we'll dive into all of that starting tomorrow. Have yourselves a fantastic Wednesday. Talk to you then.